Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another Cardinals Update podcast presented by me, Cardinals Update, or Jesus, or Duke, you know, whatever you want to call me. And yeah, basically this episode, I think it's going to be a little shorter episode just because we are going to be doing a little bit of preview of the 49ers. We're also going to be previewing just the injury report, you know, how it seems so far, how guys are progressing, how guys are coming back from the bye week, and also just how, you know, what, what the coaches were talking about, you know, emphasis for the game on Sunday, and then also just what Kyler talked about, what Marquise Brown talked about, and then just what um, the different coordinators talked about as well, too. So, yeah, that's basically what we're going to go over. And yeah, so to start off with, like the injury report, um, coming back from the bye week you know we had the 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 short in practice a kind of bonus practice on monday and then we had our actual practice on tuesday and then on wednesday of course so on tuesday you know they kind of had like like a, like a mini walkthrough not so much uh going on right there it was, it was sort of like a prototypical tuesday you know where they had john again and i think they had also the uh, drew petzing and nick rallis talking to the media and they, they just talked about you know um the, the the matchup on Sunday with the 49ers, how Brock Purdy is doing. And yeah, they're very complimentary of all of them, you know, saying, I think, you know, Kyler also talked to the media on, on Tuesday, you know, him saying that, you know, when he was watching Brock Purdy at Iowa and he was just basically doing everything that he does now in the NFL back at Iowa. And, you, you know, sometimes guys don't have the, the same success or they don't have the same, you know, athletic ability as, you know, some other guys in the NFL. But, you know, seeing someone like Purdy, you know, get drafted late in, in, in his draft class and then just still work his way through the depth chart and then work his way, continuing to work his way to keep that the, the number one quarterback spot. It is great to see, you know, he was very complimentary of him. You know, he said he, like I said, he, he watched them when he was in college and just having, you know, him being there and then also just the weapons around him too, you know, it doesn't hurt him at all. You know, having Christian McCaffrey, having Brandon Ayuk, having Debo Samuel and, you know, George Kittle on the full roster that they have, you know, he was just very complimentary of that. And, you know, he was also asked about, you know, if there was any draft rivalry between, you know, him and Nick Bosa, just because, you know, in, in that 2019 draft, you know, it, it was like a big talking point, you know, 
as the Cardinals, they just drafted Josh Rosen the year before, tenth overall. And even though they had probably one of the worst seasons that they, that they've ever had, you had you know a young quarterback that you think, hey, maybe we give him a few years to progress, that he's able to be that guy, and he's able to, you know. He's able to, 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 to make us into a playoff team, and he's able to look like how he did back in UCLA. And, you know, a lot of people were back and forth in between, you know, oh, are we going to choose? I think, you know, back in the day or back during that time, it was like the top three guys that people were talking about for the Cardinals because we did have the first overall pick. It was either going to be Quinn and Williams, you know, Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray. You know, you're either one of those three. I don't think there was really many other names that people were thinking of, you know, at that time, unless I'm forgetting someone major. But, you know, it was, it was between those three. And, you know, me personally, too, I was never, you know, I was never one to think, oh, let's get rid of a quarterback, you know, one year later and, you know, go for another quarterback. And that was just my mind thinking, you know, back in the day, obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, I I love Kyler, and I think you know he's he was the best option for us at that point. But you know, at at that time, you know, going into the off season, you know, we we just dra- um we just hired Cliff Kingsbury, and you know he's supposedly like an offensive guru. You know, he's a quarterback whisperer, and he's able to get you know whatever quarterback that he has. You know, going back through his his college days, you know, he was he had um. Patrick Mahomes, he had Baker Mayfield, he had um, the the quarterback, I forgot his first name, but his name was Webb, um, he was also there with him at Texas Tech, so, and then he had Johnny Manziel too for a minute, so uh, when he was at, at A&M, so he had so many quarterbacks that he's helped and worked out and just you know, made, you know, actual, you know, he, he made him, you know, achieve career high numbers and like pass yards and completions and, and touchdowns. So you had someone like that with Kingsbury, who, who you're, who you believe is able to elevate any quarterback. And, you know, obviously Rosen, he didn't have the great of a year, you know, his, his rookie year. So just having Kingsbury come in during that time, you're like, oh, you know, this is how the league is turning. You know, you need, you need an offensive guy now, especially with a young quarterback like a Josh Rosen. So I was in the camp, you know, I was in the camp of not drafting Kyler just because of the fact, you know, you just drafted someone the year before. And I was just, you know, I, I would just in the mind camp, you know, I still am, you know, for a lot of the draft picks, too. I, I think, you know, you got to give guys time to, to develop. I mean, unless they're obviously not fit for the NFL, they're not able to to go out there and play the game or they're just not mentally there or if they're not physically there, you know, that's a different situation. But I think, you know, for most guys, I think you got to give them experience and you got to give them reps, especially live game reps. You know, you've, you've seen me, I don't know if you guys have been following me for a, for a while or not, but you know, I've tweeted out, you know, I've posted on like on Instagram and stuff like that where, you know, no matter if it was like Zayvon Collins, no matter if it was, you know, someone like a, like, like, um, a Paris Johnson or like someone recent like that, where, you know, no matter who you are, I think it's best to put them out there, you know, when they are able to put them out there, you know, when they're, you know, capable, when they're mentally capable of going out there or they're physically capable of going out there, I think, you know, putting a guy out there in the, in the beginning of the, of, you know, in the beginning of his career, I think would do wonders for him down the stretch, you know, especially in his rookie year, if he's able to, if he's able to go out there and play just a, just a handful of games at the end of his rookie season, you know, that, that builds a confidence for him going to his next year. And I think that, that that's a huge jump for anyone, you know, no matter what, no matter what position you play. So just, you know, having guys develop was always my train of thought. So I was always in the camp of drafting someone like a Quinton Williams where they're able to help line of scrimmage. You know, I've always been a big line of scrimmage guy where, like, no matter, 
you know, what side of the ball it, it, it's on, no matter if it's the offensive side or defensive side. I'm always a big proponent of, you know, drafting those offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, the edge rushers to go ahead and build that first. And then, you know, you have your quarterback and at pretty much everything else will fall in place. I mean, if you have a great quarterback, he's able to elevate the receivers around him and the tight ends and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that's a different topic. But, you know, at that time I was with drafting Quinton Williams at that time, just because, like I said, I'm a big proponent, you know, a big believer in, you know, drafting the offense and defensive line of the football first. But, you know, going after that, we did draft Kyler. And so, you know, I remember there was some news that came out during that time, you know, with Kyler and Nick Bosa, because a lot of people did love Nick Bosa coming out of Ohio State. And, you know, there was a rumor coming out that, you know, Steve Kime did meet with Nick Bosa. He did want to draft Nick Bosa, but, you know, watching the Kyler Murray tape kind of kind of switched his mind to Kyler Murray. So, you know, when Nick Bosa and Steve Kime, our general manager at that time, and also Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, they all met. And, you know, I think, you know, there was a rumor going around where Nick Bosa told uh, uh, Steve Kime, he told him, you know, along the lines of, you know, I know you're going to draft that, that, that midget quarterback or that tiny quarterback, and I'm going to give you guys hell for the next, like, 10 to 15 years, you know, if you guys do end up drafting him and you guys draft him over me. So, you know, that that's sort of like something that came out during that draft time, you know, a couple of months after the, the, the draft, you know, that came out. I forgot who who said it, but, you know, you could go back through the through my Instagram, you know, I probably said something uh, along those lines of, of who actually said it at that time. But yeah, you know, that kind of sparked uh, a controversy at, at that time where, you know, the 49ers got we ended up getting Nick Bosa and, you know, we ended up getting Kyler Murray. And so just having both of them, you know, go back and forth against each other for these past, you know, four or five years has always been just a topic of discussion, especially whenever it is, you know, like like last year or not not, not last year, but in 2021 and 2020, where, you know, the Cardinals are starting hot, you know, the, the 49ers are our stacked team and, you know, they're they're fighting for, you know, playoff spots or they're fighting for to, to, to win the NFC West. And, you know, at that time, you know, you're always bringing up, you know, oh, what if, you know, the, the time before, what if we drafted Nick Bosa and then the year after we drafted so-and-so? And, you know, those those what if questions always come up. But, yeah, you know, he uh, Kyler Murray was asked if there was any, like, draft rivalry, you know, ever since that, they're, that they were both drafted one and two, you know, uh, in that 2019 draft. And Kyler said no, that he, like, you know, he appreciates going against, you know, the the best of the best. And that competition, you know, if you're a real competitive guy and if you're someone that wants to be the best, you know, you have to go against the best. And just him playing against Nick Bosa. And now, you know, changing from how we played in week four into week now, you know, they had, they traded for Chase Young. So they're just even more stacked on the defensive front. So just going against a great defensive front like that, you know, is a good challenge for Kyler, you know, in general, but just specifically now, just trying to elevate this offense and trying to go more into details with this offense, I think would be a great thing for 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 Kyler and for Drew Petsing to to see, you know, ki- kind of like probably one of the most stacked and best defenses that that's out there right now in the NFL to, to kind of see how they're able to how they're able to stack up now. Now that you have Kyler Murray instead of, you know, week four, we had Josh Dobbs. And I think, you know, Josh Dobbs, he did do a good job um, against the 49ers that 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 week four game. But at the same time, you know, Kyler is a different animal. He's 
he's a franchise quarterback that is able to elevate, you know, every single person around him. You know, that that week four game, the 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 final score doesn't really in my opinion, it doesn't really show how the game was because I think the game was really competitive on both sides of the ball up until probably the last the last quarter where, you know, it just got out of hand just because, you know, the, the Cardinals were already down, I think, by, by double digits at, at that point. And then just the 49ers just kept on going on and on. And that's when they racked up a bunch of points. That's why it looks, you know, I think the final score was, you know, 16 to 35, something like that, where, you know, it, it looks bad on paper, but at the same time, you know, I was watching the game. I think every Cardinals fan was watching the game just to see how, how they looked. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, too, you know, you had uh, Michael Wilson. He had one of his best games, you know, as, you know, in his young career so far and in his rookie season. He had one of his best games where he had um, almost like 70, 80 yards and he had a couple touchdowns. And I think there are still a few touchdowns that they kind of called back to from Michael Wilson. I think there was one for Michael Wilson, one for Marquise Brown. And I think there was uh, some deep balls that Josh um, Dobbs wasn't able to hit at that time. And you kind of talked about, you know, at that time, you know, it was already week four. You know, you were looking into week five. Maybe Kyler might come back off the off the pup list, you know, since since he was um, eligible to return. That didn't happen. So you're, you're just wondering if you get someone like uh, like a Kyler Murray in this offense that, that's able to hit those deep balls to Marquise Brown to to someone like a Greg Dorch or someone like a Trey McBride who's who's having, you know, that's when he started kind of, you know, going into his own and taking over the the tight end one reps. So just seeing someone like that and and you're able to have Kyler in that offense now, you hope that it's going to be a lot closer game instead of that 60 and 35 loss. But at the same time, you understand that the 49ers are, gonna, are a stacked team and, you know, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. So you're kind of hoping that it's a lot closer game. But at the same time, you, you understand that they're stacked from top to bottom. And, you know, having Kyler, you know, have a great game against the Steelers two weeks ago. And, you know, hopefully they're able to ride that momentum with Kyler, with James Conner, with uh, with the Trey McBride. And hopefully Michael Wilson does come back and we'll kind of go into the injuries, you know, stuff next. But hopefully he's able to come back and have another great game because the 49ers and just having all your offensive pieces. I think the offensive line. So far is healthy. You know, you have DJ Humphreys, you know, he's healthy. Fro holds healthy at the center position. You have Will Hernandez, you know, he kind of left a little bit with with the with a knee injury against the Steelers, but you know, he seems healthy to go. And then you have Paris Johnson on the right side. So just seeing all of them healthy and then hopefully, like I said, you get someone like a like a Michael Wilson back. You haven't had him since since the Falcons game, since Kyler's first game, you haven't had him back. So just having someone, especially with him with his size. I think you have someone like a like a Zach Pascal also come back too. You know, last not last week, but the week before against the Steelers, he didn't play just because it was the birth of his child. I think he had a daughter, so he wasn't able to be at the game. So just having two bigger receivers, I think you know Michael Wilson six two, you know two twenty two fifteen, and Zach Pascal is I think the similar size as him. So hopefully you get both of them, you know, on the outside and that's able to play those 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 like intermediate routes for Kyler and also someone like a Marquise Brown you know let's kind of transition more into like the injury wise Marquise Brown you know he didn't uh practice you know 
with his heel injury on Wednesday. And, you know, you're kind of looking into that, you know, hopefully that doesn't hamper him. Hopefully, hopefully he's able to play um, this Sunday against the Niners. But, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this against the Steelers, you know, two weeks ago, but, you know, whenever Marquise Brown was playing, it looked like he was just out there as a decoy for the most part. You know, it didn't look like he was 100% healthy to, you know, to play against the Steelers, but, you know, he was still out there, you know, trying to, trying to just have someone on the defense go against him and just, you know, kind of get a distraction to open up lanes for someone like a James Conner or for someone like a Trey McBride to go out there and make plays. So hopefully he gets more healthy. I think a lot of us were were looking forward to this injury list being a lot smaller than what it was um, coming off of the bye week. But I, in my opinion, it got a lot longer. I don't know what happened during the, during the bye week, but it felt like everyone came back with just like a little strains here and there so just kind of going over like the big you know marquee names that we have on the injury list so far um like I said Marquise Brown he didn't practice Wednesday but he was limited on Thursday he came back and you know he was out there it looked like he was running routes from the videos that we saw you know if you want to see more of those videos you go ahead and look at my, my Twitter I I have those videos reposted of you know Kyler Murray throwing to Trey McBride throwing to um, Elijah Wilkins and our Elijah Higgins, our tight end, and also um, Michael Wilson coming back. So Marquise Brown, he was uh, uh, did not participate on Wednesday. He was limited Thursday. Um, Kyler Murray was a full participant. He did show up on the injury um, report with a right thumb injury. So on his throwing hand, you don't know what happened. Maybe it was something he caught, you know, during the Steelers game where he might have hit a helmet or, you know, something maybe during like a walkthrough practice on Monday, you know, something might have hurt him or might have tweaked it or whatever. But just having him um, out there, you know, as a full participant for his right thumb injury is is great to see. I mean, obviously, it's not great that he's an injury report, but it's great that he's a full participant, you know, nothing limited him um, for the injury wise this week. So he should be uh, good to go. I don't think a thumb injury, unless there's like something major, I don't think that'll stop him from going out there against the 49ers. And he even talked about it too. The last time that he did play against the 49ers was back in 2021. Just because last year, you know, we had the Mexico game against the 49ers that he didn't play that game. I think he had a hamstring injury or an ankle injury, something like that, where he was silent for a little bit. I remember that game because Colt McCoy just, he was just horrible that game and everything looked bad. You know, one of our corners, I think it was Antonio Hamilton, he he didn't go for a tackle and, you know, that was just a horrible Mexico game. And then we played the 49ers again. I think it was the last game of last season where, it, yeah, it was J.J. Watt's final game and, you know, he didn't play that game. I think that at that point, I don't even know who was playing, if it was Trace McSworley or David Blau, you know, some random quarterback was out there. You guys probably know better than I did that that last game kind of, I kind of tuned it out, you know, the offensive side, the offensive side, I kind of tuned it out, you know, always just there to watch J.J. Watt's final game. So he he hasn't played the 49ers since 2021 against, uh, I think, when they were when they were away, I don't even know when they were home because I think that away game, that's when Colt McCoy played one of those games. So it's been a while. I think he's missed the majority of the past like two or three matchups against the 49ers. You know, just hit just small nagging injuries like the ankle he's had in the past, like his shoulder, like his hamstring, and now more recently with the ACL. So just him going playing against the 49ers, I don't think he's gonna you know, if you know no one's really a hundred percent at this point in the season, but just I don't think he's gonna miss 
any games, especially, you know, going to this offseason where you have question marks. You know, you have people bringing up, you know, if Kyler's going to be the franchise quarterback going to 2024 or if they're going to, you know, draft a quarterback, you know, if they have if they end up having one of the top two picks in the draft, will they end up going to quarterback? So just those are the type of questions that Kyler himself doesn't want to, want to have questioned out there. So he's going to play these final four games. I think he's going to, you know, like he's done this these past four games, he's going to continue and to progress and get better and get more accustomed to the offense and just have having this offense run the way Drew Petsing has it has has a vision of it in his head so he should be good someone like Michael Wilson he you know going into the Steelers game and going into um the Rams game you know it looked like he was going to play the Rams game but he kind of tweaked up something in his shoulder again so he's been having that shoulder that shoulder injury the past couple of weeks so uh, uh, this week uh, when the injury report came out on Wednesday they did change his, his injury diagnosis from a shoulder injury to a neck injury. So you don't know if it's the same thing, if it's a new injury, if it's something, you know, he might have had like a, like a stinger that lasted for a while or just like something that he, he tweaked up on his shoulder that, you know, kind of fell wrong. And it kind of, you know, it's more on his neck now instead of his shoulder. So just seeing the neck injury is kind of concerning. But, you know, he was limited today. You know, um, I mean, on Wednesday, he was limited on Thursday. So we'll just hopefully see if he's going to be available to play um, this weekend or I'm sure he's probably going to be questionable. I don't think he's going to have like no injury diagnosis um, going into this weekend, but hopefully he is able to play and just give Kyler just another bigger target that he's able to play against. Cause like I said, the, this 49ers team is one of the best in the league. So if you have as many people as you can to help you out as many of the, of, of your weapons on offense as possible, I think that'll be just, you know, as much help as you get is, you know, you'll, you'll get everything that you want. Um, so for Jalen Thompson, he did come up with a toe injury. You know, he, he was dealing with, uh, with an injury going to the Steelers week. So right now it's a toe injury. He was limited. So, I mean, the rest of the guys I'm talking about, they're, they're all going to be limited from Wednesday and Thursday. So someone like a Chris Barnes, who, who has came in and played, you know, significant reps just because of the Kaiser White injury, you know, him and Josh Woods has, has, have have held down the linebacker spot for the Cardinals for, for Nick Rallis in that defense. So him coming up with the rib injury, you know, it's kind of concerning, but I'm sure he'll play through it. Um, someone like Antonio Hamilton, you know, is great to see back at practice. You know, he kind of, I think, uh, against the, if I'm not too sure, the Houston game when he went in for one of the last interceptions. Yeah, it was a Houston game because he got one of the last interceptions on C.J. Stroud. And, you know, with him, you know, he kind of dove weird for that interception. I mean, he was able to to get in, hold on to it, you know, um, all the praise to him. But he did leave that, that game, you know, right after that interception with a groin injury. And he, and he hasn't played since. He hasn't played that, that Rams game and he hasn't played um, the Steelers game. So hopefully, you know, being off those two weeks and then also the bye week, he, he, he did show up in limited fashion for Wednesday and Thursday with that groin injury. So hopefully he's able to come back just because, you know, especially against this 49ers offense, you know, I, I give a lot of praise to their defense, but I mean, their offense is just as stacked where you have, you know, you have basically two of everything. You have, obviously, you have the main guy in Christian McCaffrey that I think makes that offense a go. But at the same time, you have someone like a George Kittle who's going to be matched up against maybe someone like a Garrett Williams or maybe someone like a like a Buda Baker, how they have in years past, or someone like a Jalen Thompson in, in that intermediate and in, in the like in between the numbers on the field. But then you also have someone 
like Antonio Hamilton who who could who could come back and help you against you know the the Debo Samuels the Brandon Ayuks and then they also have a Jennings too you know their their number three receiver who's been pretty solid whenever you know whenever um, Debo Samuel and Ayuk are are covered you know you have someone like a Jennings that comes in and just you know he's able to 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 get first downs here and there and then the offense is is just humming like if not, like nothing happens so having having the more better cornerbacks that you can have out there is just great to see um you know last week uh, against the Steelers we did have two rookie uh, rookies starting so in David Wilson you know he was starting his first game and also Keetro Clark he was also starting it wasn't his first game but I mean he is still a rookie and I would think that was his first main start since probably you know very early in the season when he kind of fell out of favor with the coaches so just having someone like uh, Antonio Hamilton out there that has familiarity with uh, playing against this 49ers team and also just is a better cornerback than in my opinion both of those so just hopefully he's out there someone like a Kevin Strong too on our defensive line you know he's been in and out of the injury report throughout this whole season you know sometimes he plays sometimes he doesn't but hopefully he is able to play just because like I said you know they have great they have great everything from top to bottom on this 49ers roster but the offensive line you know Trent Williams and you know everyone else on that on that offensive line just really just gives Brock Purdy a lot of time to throw and they also give you know huge running lanes to Christian McCaffrey and no matter if Ayuk or Debo Samuel comes like on a on a wide receiver screen or just on, 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 a, on a dump off pass, you know, they're able to, to create separation for them just, you know, just throughout the whole throughout the whole game as as an offensive unit. So hopefully you're able to get everyone healthy, especially just on all facets of, of the ball, no matter if it's like Michael Wilson as a wide receiver or, you know, on the defensive line with Kevin Strong or at, at, at the defensive back position with Antonio Hamilton. You need everyone to even have a chance to beat the 49ers team. Ultimately, in my opinion, I don't think we win this one just because the lack of talent from the 49ers to the Cardinals is just so significant that you just can't, you just aren't able to compete with them at this moment. Hopefully, you know, hopefully in in this offseason, you are able to sign some guys with the, I think you have close to $80 million in cap space and you're able to sign some guys, you're able to draft, you know, great guys that are come that are able to come in, you know, day one with your two first round picks, you're able to get two guys that are able to play significant saps, you know, right out the box. And hopefully this matchup next next season is is a little bit closer than than it is, than what it is now. But I mean that that is next season. We'll have to wait on that. So that's basically all that I have for you guys right now. Um, so yeah, I really do appreciate you guys listening and you know keeping up to date with whatever I'm talking about on this podcast or whatever I'm tweeting about or whatever I'm posting on Instagram. You know I do appreciate all of you guys just staying in uh, staying in touch with me. You know the DMs and the comments I get. You know I read. I try to read basically every comment, every DM I get, and I try to respond to every one of you guys. And I do appreciate one of you guys, you know, just have love for me. You know, this podcasting stuff is, you know, like I said in the first couple episodes, it is really new to me. So, you know, I am trying to get better as time goes on. You know, I'll hopefully get a better mic and, you know, get, get a better setup. So just, you know, stick with it. You know, I do appreciate all you guys listening to me. You know, I do look at the numbers and stuff like that. And I do see that you guys you guys actually listen throughout the whole episode. So I really do appreciate it. No matter if it's like a short 10, 15 minute episode, or if it's a longer, like we did last, our last episode where it was like 40, 45 minutes. So like I said, I do really appreciate, pre appreciate you guys 
you know, listening in. I do appreciate you guys, you know, downloading the episode. That really helps me out a lot. And just leaving comments, you know, whatever I can improve on or whatever you guys want me to talk about next time, you know, I'll look at that and I'll hopefully try and bring it into the episode. So like I said, thank you guys for so much for listening and hopefully we get a win on Sunday and that's pretty much it. Thank you guys.